Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And you are joined this morning by myself, Lawson. And sitting across from me in the studio, we have Matthew. Matthew, hey. how are you going this morning? I'm feeling excited and pumped uh, yeah. for today. I had a uh, classic cold bath today. Really? Yes. Well, like you woke up early I, this morning and got into a cold bath. I should say cold shower, correction. Oh, a cold shower. The cold okay. bath is the terminology they usually use. Uh-huh, but, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I use that to uh, get the blood pumping and also to yeah. put myself in a healthy shock. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did you do like hydrotherapy? Like it's hot, hydrotherapy, cold? yes. Hot, cold, hot, cold? The hot, cold contrast. Ah, okay, um, nice. Oh, man, I, I should... And I'm not sick because some people do that because they're sick. Yeah. I'm doing that just so I could do this really... Alert. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest. I woke up this morning. Well, last night I was like, I was talking to one of my friends and we're like, yeah, let's do the city to surf. Let's let's run the city to surf, like the 14-kilometer race in Sydney. You know what I call that? City to suffering. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I, I, I agree with you, but I'm like, nah, let's do it. I, I can run. I'm a, I'm a good runner. I just need to you know, get back into my stride, get back into my, my fitness level. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and go for a run like before Faith FM starts. Yeah. And I didn't. And I just, I just woke up and I just laid in bed. I looked at the ceiling. You know, my, my alarm went off. And I, I sat there and I was like, hmm. Do I want to go? And I was like, not really. And so I didn't. And then, uh, and then now we're here. So well, hey, sh- well, next time, next time, next time. Look, I because the the problem is now. I'd like to go later in the day, but it is so warm. Yeah, it's been hot. It is so warm. So hey, maybe you're out there listening. Maybe you're a, a habitual runner. Give it, give me some advice, please. I, I I'm I'm a runner too. I like running, but give me some advice. How can I really get up early in the morning and just get stuck into it? Because I just, man, I just felt I just felt tired this morning, eh? But hey, we're on Faith FM. We're getting it done. We're living our best life. My good friend Matthew, you're gonna have to get for us the first quiz question for today. Love to. So here's our first question, friends. What miracle occurred the day Joshua and the Israelites defeated the armies of five kings of the Amorites? Mm. So okay. what, what miracle was that? What is the miracle? Now, contextual. When we say miracle, we mean something where God has intervened. Yes. And has done something miraculous. Yes, of course. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. And if you send in an answer and that answer is correct, you will go into the draw to win the Atheism Prophecy how Christianity Fueled Atheism by Ivor Myers. Now, the amazing, epic thing about our giveaways for this week and about our quiz is that we are going to be having a draw every single day. So we had a draw yesterday and we had a winner yesterday. Congratulations to Liz. We are going to be having a draw every single day. So again, 0491-064-669. If you text that number with the correct answer, you go into a draw, which will be drawn at 8 45 today. So again, that question was what miracle occurred the day Joshua and the Israelites You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast of by Faith FM. Of the Positively different. 0491 Give us a text. Get in some answers yeah. and win these prizes. Hey, you're listening to the Breakfast Show this morning. Matthew. What is happening in the world of positively different news? Well, I thought I'd start off by sharing, have you had anyone in your family suffer from either dementia or Alzheimer's? Yeah, that's a really good question. Currently, I have a my, my pop uh, on my, my, 
mum's side. He is he's on the way out. He's in his in his mid eighties, and uh, he's currently suffering from from dementia. And he's he yeah, it's been over the last couple of years, and now he's starting to get a bit worse. And they so they've downsized and whatnot just to make things easier for him. So, but uh, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. So I, I I'm uh, like that's the only case in my family though. So that's the, that's the only time that I've really seen it. And it's an absolutely sad predicament, isn't it? Mm. Like um, we notice that there are two times in our life where we feel helpless. It's when we're mm. born, and it's when we get older and suffer with mm. such a condition. I mean, I had a friend from a, a job I used to work at in Costco. I was there mm. for nearly seven years, and he, this friend of mine who's sixty, his mother was in uh, late nineties. And he used to come to work complaining that, oh, man, my mum, she'd walked outside again at night time, or, oh, my mum's opened the door. And, mm. you know, I used to think the solution was for him to be really have the ability to have compassion on his mother. But mm. then I started to realise you don't know how how kind of challenging it is until you live with someone that has mm. dementia. And it, and it hurts people both ways. Mm. And I love what you just shared, Lawson, with, with compassion. You shared that we downsized to help that uh, granddad, grandpa. Mm. Now, Today's story, I call it Gone But Not Forgotten, mm. and it has to do with this uh, Indian boy. In fact, the title is Indian Teen Invents, Invents Gadget mm. to Transform Dementia Care. Really? Of, yep. He, he, he actually comes up with a solution okay. uh, to assist uh, you know, those who are affected by dementia, starting with a concern for his grandmother. Mm. Um, that's how it begins. Now, this, this story is about a young fella named Hamesh. Forgive me, uh, those from India, it, it's a challenging last name. Chadalavada. C-H-A-D-A-L-A-D-A-L. We'll just call him Himesh. Himesh. Yeah. Himesh is for easy. So Himesh, he's a self-confessed nerd. He's, mm. He was 12 years old when on one summer evening in 2018, he observed his mother, oh, sorry, his grandmother, mm. uh, Jazari, who went into the kitchen to make tea for herself, and when she exited the room, guess what she forgot to turn off? The, the blender. Yep. The oven. Yeah, or yeah, the, or the gas, the stove. The stove, okay. And this troubled him because he noticed a, a habitual case of that. Mm. Now, Jezere was diagnosed with Alzheimer's um, yeah. you know, the year before, and unfortunately she passed away in, in 2023. So because he's a self-confessed nerd, what he does is he loves looking at YouTube, mm. which I found that pretty cool. <laughs> and he's always looking at tech. And, yeah. and he's come across different technologies which acted as contributor solutions for his invention to help his grandmother. Mm. So in 2022, he beat 18,000 entries to win a Samsung-sponsored science fair called Samsung Sold for Tomorrow. Wow. And he pocketed, guess how much, $120,000. Wow. To, uh, to, produce, to go towards you know, producing this particular piece of technology that would help. Some patients. Absolutely. And so what he came up with was an idea first uh, in the troubleshooting stages of a, uh, a prototype in the form of a watch which helps uh, people know where their loved ones are mm. and when they're making movements in undesignated places they shouldn't be. Ah. Now, in those trial stages, Samsung said, hey, that's uh, pretty uh, good, but what's unfortunate is old people like to remove their watches. Yeah. So he changed the idea and turned it into a brooch that they could wear. Ah. On their chest, uh, so you know they don't think cognitively. Oh, I better take this off my clothes. Mm. So, unfortunately, his grandmother passed away, but he came up with that technology to help out, you know, um, mm. old elderly people today. Yeah. So I found that was pretty cool that he come up with this invention, and I thought I'd do a bit of research in it. You know, if I ask you, don't mind me asking off the cuff, brother Lawson, what do you, what is the mention to you? 
Oh, what is dementia to me? I think that, well, I see dementia as, unfortunately, a, a part of, you know, most people going through elderly life, like, uh, suffer with some form of, of getting slower and whatnot. And I can see that in, in my family, like, it's affecting my pop in a way that's, that's, that's really sad. Like, he's not in a stage yet where he completely forgets who people are or whatnot, but it's, it's definitely like the ticking time bomb of, you know, a person's, eventual steps into the end of their life. You hit that on the nail. That, that is pretty much is that a ticking time bomb. It's that debilitation. It's that kind of deterioration. Mm. Um, so what causes dementia? I, I've, I did some research on it. Dementia is caused by damage to or loss of nerve cells. Mm. And it, it's those nerve cells, especially the connections to the brain. Mm. Now, these the symptoms depend on the area of the brain that's damaged as well. Dementia can affect people differently. And dementias are often grouped by what they have in common uh, yeah, to today. So here are common early symptoms of dementia. So I thought I'd share this information to help anyone who has loved ones that may suffer mm. from it or who, who will. Common early symptoms are memory loss, difficulty concentrating, finding it hard to carry out familiar daily tasks, such as getting confused over yeah, the correct change when shopping or turning off the gas, as we just talked about earlier. Also, it's a struggle in struggling in following a conversation or the right word or being confused about time and place. Now, in 2022, it was estimated that there were 401,300 Australians living with dementia. Mm. Now, this is equivalent to 15 people with dementia per 1,000 Australians, which wow. increases to 84 people with dementia per 1,000 mm. Australians age 65 and over. Are there any cures so far? That's a good question to ask. So there mm. are. The FDA... We don't like to credit them too much because known as the Food and Drug Administration in the United States. They are trialling new drugs and a recent one has been approved to be used in society. However, I looked on YouTube and I found that there was a lady named Dr. Mary Newport who has discovered a remedy that has reversed effects of her husband, Steve, who's mm. an accountant, and she used coconut oil. Oh, wow. Yep, you can find it on YouTube. It's a type of coconut uh, oil mm. uh, that she used and it reversed his inability to ride a bike, inability to ride properly, and because he's an accountant, he he wasn't able to do up his sums and math properly, but now he can. Yeah, wow. So that's fantastic. Have you had anyone in your family deal with that, Matthew? With dementia? Yeah. I only had a friend struggle at Costco, but I had a neighbour that lived in the front of my house, mm. a lady named Jennifer, and her husband passed away from dementia, and you could see the, the slow decline. Mm. Um, one of the things that she was sharing is he she would get, Scared because at night time he would wake up and not recognize who his wife was oh. and treat her like a stranger, like who are you? Mm. And that would you know give her awful kind of experiences like yeah. that. And you know, yeah, I've just seen the the other basic kind of uh, tele television sort of documentaries mm. on people. You know, I've seen this one sad case when his son was trying to say, you know, mum, who are you? And, and basic questions, and, and then he would allude to who am I? Mm. And then he was trying to stay, uh, you know, kind of stable emotionally. Mm. But when um, he walked away, um, he broke down and goes, my mum doesn't know who I am. My mum mm. doesn't know who I am. And yeah. we praise God that, you know, uh, at the end of this age, when we go to heaven, he restores all things. There's yeah, no more death, no absolutely. more crime, no more sickness. Yeah. And there'll be no such thing as this inability to forget mm. our loved ones. We'll remember everyone. Yeah. I, you know, I think that the, the return of Christ and arriving in heaven and, and well, the Bible says meeting, meeting our loved ones in the air. Yeah. And in, in that moment when it's all, all things are restored and restored. we just see each other again. And, and the, I can imagine like the, the big, beautiful group hugs that take place and whatnot. And 
yeah, it'll be like, you know, in the, some of the short stories might be shared of, hey, for the last couple of years of your life, you didn't know who I was. And that was so hard. And that was so hurtful. So it's beautiful that we get to, to meet again. Wow. Beautiful stuff. And I think amazing that there's this, you know, this invention to help with their care as well, coming from this kid that's epic. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And right now, we are going to have our next quiz question. Okay, friends. Which of the following men was not a king of Israel? We've got four answers here. First one is A, Elah. B, Amram. Amram, sorry. C, Omri. Or D, Zimri. Okay. Elah, Amram, Omri, or Zimri. A, B, C, or D there. We've got one of four chances. That's right. Which one is not a king of Israel, and maybe you have no idea. Maybe you're like, man, all these names, all, all these guys are a little bit obscure. You know, they're not like David or Solomon. Yeah. Or, but hey, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You can just write in A B C or D. But A Ela B Amram Z C. Sorry, Omri or D Zimri. Now we have a book that we are giving away for free in our draw. At 8.45 today. It's called The Atheism Prophecy by Ivor Myers, How Christianity Fueled Atheism. And it's just all about the back and the forward and how tensions between these two groups, secularism and, and you know, a lack of God, and then also Christianity have fueled each other to become bigger and bigger and bigger and the tensions between them. And what is the, well, God's solution to that? And how, how has God seen that and predicted that? Hey, if you want this book, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. If you text in a correct answer, you will go into the draw, which will be at 8.45 today. Hey, I was thinking also, we got in the mail yesterday from our oh. good friend, Tony Benjamin, who's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks' time oh, for the amazing. first time yeah. for the year. But he sent us out some calendars. Oh, and if cool. we wait until he comes... You know, people might not even get them until next year. Yeah. So we might as well get those in as well. So we got five of them. Oh, okay. We've got so five we Voice of the Martyrs. Calendar calendar. Hey. From the Voice of the Martyrs to the Pack 2s to just Guys, sweeten the deal. Here. The value <laughs> here is unmatched. Again, which of the following men uh, was not a king of Israel? It's A, B, C, or D, A, Ela, B, Amram, C, Omri, or D, Zimri. 0491-064-669 is the number to text. Now you get a book and a calendar. We're leveling up. Guys, you're going to be incredibly blessed. It's going to be amazing. Hey, 0491-064-669. Listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Okay, I want to ask you a question, Matthew. Yes. Imagine if I told you, uh, let's let's pick a, a, fa- a random fast food chain. Let's, like, like, let's, let's just say, I don't know, like, like McDonald's. Let, yep. Let's say, if I, if I said to you, Matthew... Um, there was a McDonald's in an area that was really successful and was doing well, but they had to shut their doors because the place where they were operating was too violent. Oh, wow. What kind of picture of a place would you get? Straight away, what comes to my mind is a low you know, socio-demographic area, such yeah. as Mount Druid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mount Druid, Australia. Man, but like, even so, like those... Like they find a way to persist in, in those kinds of areas. Like, you know, my mind goes to like... 
like Palestine or, or like Russia or so because oh, that's yeah. where we've seen like or the Ukraine or something. That's where we've seen the closures of these kinds of stores, right? Especially when they're they're successful and they're doing well. It's like oh, it's somewhere where you know it's like ongoing violence, like ongoing like hectic violence because. It's so funny, like, just, just thinking of, like, McDonald's in particular. I remember when we had the June floods here, the June storms, 2007, like, the Pasha Bolka crashed into Novi's Beach. I'm talking about Newcastle, of course, for those listening. Uh, like, we woke up the next morning, basically everywhere the power was off, except we, we had some generators that we plugged in our house on and whatnot. And we were really lucky. We lived on a bit of a slope, mm-hmm. a bit of a hill, so our, our place was unaffected. Drove down into, into Toronto, which is like Toronto, the, yeah. the, the suburb here in Lake Macquarie. You've got all these streets flooded and whatnot. But the Maccas is open and it was packed. And, you know, and, and like those kinds of places, you know, fast food places, usually in all conditions. Um, uh, if business is good, like they'll, they'll just keep going. Well, in the United States, uh, there is a fast food chain. It's called In-N-Out Burger. And In-N-Out, you've probably heard of In-N-Out Shell, right? They're really famous. They're, they come from the West in particular, like California and whatnot. And they're actually quite known for like putting Bible verses and stuff on their different products, on their oh, carts. Cool. And yeah, they put like Revelation 320 and Psalm 67 and all this stuff. It's like, well, they've actually done interviews with the owner of In-N-Out Burger, who is a Christian and comes from a, and comes from a Christian background and whatnot. And it's actually a beautiful story about how they were given the ownership of the store by their uncle because their uncle was a Christian. This person, this woman was the, like the only Christian in her family. And as a result, like the uncle, they had a really good bond. And, and it's the, the shop kind of has, In-N-Out Burger has like iconic status. It's not very big in terms of, like there's not lots of locations like a McDonald's or whatever, but it's like iconic and business is booming and everyone loves In-N-Out. It's got like a really, really good reputation. They have a store in Oakland, California, which they are now going to shut down, not because business isn't going well there. It's in an outburger. Everywhere in an outburger is business goes well. They're shutting down in Oakland purely because of violent crime. They're like, we can't continue here. Now, Oakland is in the Bay Area, like next to San Francisco. This is one of the most liberal like affluent areas of the United States. You know, it's right next to Silicon Valley there. You've got lots of money, lots of people like the the Bay Area the house housing prices is incredibly high. We're talking about this is like rivaling Sydney and like Vancouver, British Columbia, like in in Singapore and whatnot, like the Bay Area, like this incredibly affluent. But the amount of violent crime and particularly revolving around not so much they don't they don't have lots of like gang stuff there in Oakland. They do, uh, but it's mostly uh, theft. Wow, theft is rampant. Theft is so rampant in the Bay Area that people like snatch and grabs are so common, like that they're like bre- like breaking into cars, like smashing windows. I should instead of snatching grabs, I should say smashing grabs are so common there that they like. The amount of people that get their windows smashed and like stuff taken out of their cars—it's it's it's ridiculous. It's a huge industry there. It's a massive problem. It's it's more than any other place in the United States that people are now resorting to leaving their cars open. They like leave the doors open in their cars Crazy. and like leave the the trunk up everything and that just to, and they put signs in their cars saying there is nothing in this car. 
please don't smash my windows. <laughs> Insurers aren't covering smashed windows for theft anymore in these areas because it's so prolific. Yeah. Violent crime is so hectic there, and it's a reflection of a few things. Like, firstly, you know, the ongoing uh, crisis of the affordability of living in these areas. Secondly, being this place, you know, that's uh, very, very liberal, very progressive, the police there have taken a hands-off approach to dealing with these violent crimes and these thefts and whatnot and they've 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 gone oh look you know uh very similar to some of the um the ideology that came along with the blm movement like we need a more hands-off approach to policing you know san francisco the bay area being one of the most progressive places in the united states they very much were like yes we are on on this train of thought we need to have a hands-off approach and now the place is so unlivable that not even the not even the the, the local in and out is going to continue to work there, even oh, though geez. it's successful. They're like people keep getting robbed in our parking lots. Like people get keep getting robbed out the front of our stores. We're scared for the safety of our customers, mm. of our workers. We can't keep operating there. So it doesn't sound harmonious anymore, isn't it? It's become yeah. like a, from a safe place to an unsafe environment. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Oakland has never had like the best reputation for being safe, but from the 1980s to around like the end of the 2000s, they had definitely dropped like or, or lessened crime there. You can see statistically, but then since the beginning of the 2010s, it, it has just skyrocketed. And it's, wow. it's interesting. I still follow like the, uh, the in, in Oakland, they have the, the A's stadium, the Oakland A's for the baseball there which is, like, decrepit and falling apart and people, like, sell the tea and they don't want to continue there because, like, it's it's not great. But also, they also race... Uh, they race motorbikes in the stadium. They do the Supercross race in Oakland and there's all the photos that come out of the teams that, like, the professional teams that have, like, the massive trucks with the motorbikes in them, they take all the bikes out and put them in the hotel rooms with them. All the mechanics, they put the bikes in the elevators and take them up the hotels and put them in their rooms because they're like, we can't even leave our motorbikes in the in the trucks anymore there like we can't do anything it's just it's just chaos and that's what they're calling it it's just chaos on the streets of oakland which just represents and reflects um the desperateness of of the people in a place that was seen as like so normal now all of a sudden is so violent and so dangerous and i feel like this reflects a truth of jesus's soon return that hey in the places that you don't expect it like violence and uneasiness and unrest will just increase everywhere continually and now we are seeing the conditions that are leading to that which is uh, particularly for the united states the power of this world uh, like the and the power of the west a continual walk towards just unaffordability and people becoming incredibly nervous because of that in terms of their their state of living you're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Matthew, can you get for us our next quiz question? Love to. Now, to which king was the prophet Nathan speaking when he said, "Thou art the man"? Now, was it Saul or David? Ah, okay, guys, guys, we have a we have an either or question here. Two names, Saul or David. Who was Nathan the prophet speaking to when he said, Thou art the man? I want to use that phrase more. I just want to talk like that more. It's just cool. It's just like, like, like uh, yeah, just, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a scenario where I can be like, Thou art the man. And it would just, it would just be cool. And yeah, I feel, I feel like it'll add a little bit of gusto to a relatively, you know, uh, 
regular situation or a minor situation. You know, I, 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 I would really love if we could bring that kind of language back. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Our prizes for this week, we are giving away, we are spinning the wheel every single day. So we have the Atheism Prophecy by Ivor Myers and also a calendar from Voice of the Martyrs as well, Voice of the Martyrs prayer calendar. These are amazing prizes you definitely want. We'll talk more about them throughout the show. But hey, again, can you read that question for us? Gladly. So to which king was the prophet Nathan speaking when he said, Thou art the man. Was it Saul or David? Now contextually, Thou art the man could either be a positive or a negative. Oh, yeah. I want to give a clue there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially with a bit of an idea. This has to do with a story about sheep. Don't, don't, okay, don't do any more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, hey, you have a bit of a <laughs> reputation. Either or. We, either we have or, a bit of a reputation, or. Matthew. We don't want to, we don't want to give too much away. <laughs> uh, but hey, is it Saul or David? 0491-064-669. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. And we have on the phone one of our favorite health experts, none other than Dr. Justin Jackson. Do- Justin, are you there with us? I sure am. Yes, good morning. Good morning. We are stoked to have you on, as always, coming on to give us just some amazing gems uh, of life from the Creation Week. Now, your background, yourself, dealing in internal medicine and infectious disease and whatnot, but also you're a you're a Christian. I, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever asked you this on the show before, but just before we start, I'd love to maybe just get like a, just a little profile of you and your background as a Christian and what your spiritual journey has looked like. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I guess um, the answer to it is really in part why I've chosen this topic. Mm. And for me, um, growing up, I just loved to read the creation science magazines and mm. explore nature, go camping. Um, and as I looked at those things, you could just yeah see that there was a creator behind mm. everything. And so... You know, going to university, there are a lot of questions. We have to study evolution and so on. Um, but it was coming back to design and creation mm. um, that really helped me fast in my in my Christian belief. Yeah, absolutely. And now when we look at the, the world that we live in and, and, you know, the information that you've been sharing with us about the beautiful world that we live in, and now we're reflecting creation mm. into, our, into our health and how our bodies respond yes. to different things, and those very much reflect a a beautiful create. Well, it's beautiful creation. Therefore, there there must be, or it's implied that there must be a creator. Uh, when we think of the beauty, yeah. the precision, the complexity uh, of the creation, we need to know well who created it, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and yes, that's that's been an exciting topic here with these gyms for long. Mm, absolutely. Now, the topic we're getting into this morning is trust, which, you know, when we think of uh, gems of life, you know, health from the creation week, and, and we've been talking about, oh, eating and drinking and sunlight and like these very kind of, uh, you, you could say external or uh, you can say internal, but there's, uh, you know, you know how much you eat, you know how much you drink, you know how much sunlight you get, but Maybe knowing how much trust you have, this is a, is a bit of a bit of a different thing we're looking at this morning. Absolutely, yeah. So, as you were saying, we've really 
journeyed through what I think are inexhaustible health treasures. Mm. To recap a little, we've looked at light and darkness, circadian rhythm, sunshine, fresh mm. air, water, <laughs> inside and out, you know, plants, gardening, the way we breathe. We've looked at whole foods, the gut microbiome. You know, we've really covered the whole gamut exercise. Mm. Um, and we've looked at human relationship. But as you're saying, there's one aspect we haven't touched on, and that's divine relationship, you know, mm. the relationship a creator of creation. Yeah, which absolutely, as I was saying before, like if if we can see creation around us and we can observe it and we've seen these mm. amazing things from it, we need to know where it comes from and we need to know whom it comes from as well, the author behind it all. Absolutely, yes. No, you, you can't just look at it, the simplest of flowers. I don't know if you've ever done it, mm. but see clearly there the designer who revels in beauty as you look at symmetry and shades of colour and intricacy. Mm. It's just it's just incredible. And we find that the creation week is like a crescendo, you know, where the mm. pinnacle is the seventh day, a day of rest, mm. um, designed to put relationship and a bond with the creator. Now, this is one of my favorite topics, Justin, and getting into the seventh day, this memorial of of creation. It, it, it's incredible. Like, why why is it? Isn't it, well? I think it reflects a beautiful God that He devotes an entire yeah. day as a memorial of creation completed. Absolutely. And as you look um, again back on our journey, you see that. In the first six days, he provides for every physical need, our intellectual creativity and our social well-being. Mm. But this leads us to logically have the assurance that we can implicitly trust him because yeah. he's taken care of everything mm -hmm. else. Yeah. So Sabbath is like the capstone, if you will, that the bridge. Mm. Um, it can't be the first day for creation wasn't complete on the first day. Mm. But by the time you get to the seventh day, we can rest in his completed work and just have that time and relationship signifying trust in him. Yeah, absolutely. We trust him because of what he's done and his faithfulness. Mm. And it reminds me of, the, you know, Jesus' teaching where he's, he's clothing the flowers and he's taking care of the birds and, and whatnot. And then, he, and then he says, well, of how much more value are you than a sparrow? Like the Father cares yes. for us so much. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this all sounds very theological, but I, I think you know, listeners will be surprised to learn that there is a medical scientific literature on this very topic. Wow. Um, and so as scientists, we, we need a robust definition to study something mm. so that, you know, you can replicate it if you want to, if you want to do the study and confirm uh, my findings. So the medical literature has a definition for trust. And it's pretty simple. It says trust in God implies the conviction that God looks after a person's own interests. So that's it. Yeah, wow, that is incredibly concise like, and, and, and to the point, yeah. But very complete because that is the function that God, that well, the trusting in God really ha is, is, hey, yes. I believe that God has taken care of me. He cares for me as an individual. That, that, that's its entirety. Yes, yes. And I was really fascinated to read this paper because um, they expand on it um, and say, look, to meet this definition, we, uh, and I'll, I'll quote from the paper, we have to believe that God is omniscient, that is, that he has a constant regard for worldly affairs. Mm. 
that is omnipotent. He has the ultimate power in the universe and he's omnibenevolent. That is, you know, he's merciful and generous and righteous. And the other thing, I, I was amazed to read it. They also note that trust in God must imply a relationship with God. Yeah. And that is because trust has to take place in the context of relationship. We come to trust people in our lives as we spend time with them and learn that they are reliable. So the same is true with God. Yeah, you can't have one without the other, really. I, I trust my parents or you know other people in my life who are close to me. I have that trust for them because of my relationship with them, my proximity to them, the way I've seen the work. And and yes. it's, it's beautiful as we've been reflecting also in creation. And then after those six days, we have that Sabbath where we should trust in God that we sh- are able to rest uh, because yeah. because of what he's done. We should be able yeah. to have that trust, and it's it's about more about trust than anything else. Because it's like, yep, yes. I can take my foot off the gas and I can rest because of yes. God. Is. Yes, yeah. So the Sabbath really signifies both trust and relationship combined, mm. <laughs> and you can see that. And look, as we when we follow the story of the Bible through, moving on from creation week, we find that Jesus rested. Um, on the Sabbath after the cross, mm. and so we can trust him to save us from sin. And it also um, tells us that from one Sabbath to another, all of creation will come and worship before him. So it implies our trust that there will be a new creation where evil won't exist and we'll have that face-to-face relationship with God. Mm, powerful. Okay, so we look into the future, we see no evil, but in our present day, and just reflecting on that study, you know, what, what do we show about our trust in God today and that kind of relationship we can have with Him? Yeah, well, the authors use six questions, and it'd be interesting. Um, God cares about my deepest concerns. Mm-hmm. God loves me immensely. No matter how bad things may seem, God's kindness to me never ceases. So they were the first three. Yeah, wow. And I think it would be really great for our listeners to reflect on those as well. You know, and uh, what 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 would what would their answer be, and what would you answer yeah. as as well, Justin? Like, if if you had to answer those questions, God cares for my deepest concerns, loves me immensely, and whatnot. What, what yes. would you, how would you reflect on that? Well, the, the, the authors used a five-point scale, which ranged from strongly disagree at one end to neither agree nor disagree in the middle, and then strongly agree at the other end. Mm. And look, with those three, I, I just have to strongly agree. And the other three, so they had a flip side as well, which said, God doesn't care about me. God hates me. And the third one was... and. And the third one was God ignores me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we see that the they give these various responses and like that you've got one, three group of questions that are asking the positive about God, three groups of mm-hmm. three questions there in a group that are asking the negative about God. What kind of groups of people were these conducted on? Were these Christians or? That was the really interesting thing. So I came across a number of different studies using this set of questions they all showed the same result. So one study was performed on Jewish people living in Canada, um, another people with cancer in predominantly Catholic Spain, mm. and third one, Muslim students in Iran. Wow. It matter if you were Jewish, Muslim, or Catholic, what mattered in these studies on health was your view of God. Mm. If you trusted God, that is, believed that he cared for you, 
and cared personally and was kind to you, even if your current circumstances were not favourable, you had lower levels of depression, anxiety, stress, worry, and higher levels of happiness. Mm, that is amazing. And it's something we've talked about with our other health expert here on Faith FM, Jennifer Skews, when we've got in mm. and we've seen that our view of God actually shapes our mental well-being and our happiness. Yes, yes. Knowing that we're having a loving creator, trusting him and forming a relation with him is truly one of the greatest health gems that that comes out of Creation Week. Mm. Sadly, the opposite's true for mistrust in God. Mm. And interestingly, the authors go on and say that mistrust in God may have more severe consequences than a lack of trust in God. So, you know, if you mistrust God, that implies you have a negative and conflicted relationship with him, and it, it has a stronger impact on your emotional well-being than the mere absence of a trusting relationship with God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think of people, and uh, there are definitely people in positions either having a mistrusting God or having a view of God that is quite negative. And mm. we can see here that like, if, if you think of God as this, as a, someone who is real first and foremost, but then furthermore, like who ha- is in control, has that power and whatnot, and you have that negative relationship with him, that would very yeah. much affect your well-being. No, absolutely. Um, I like the way Bernard Siegel puts it. He says, the state of the mind changes the state of the body by working wow through the central nervous system, the endocrine system, the immune system, peace of mind sends the body a live message, while depression, fear, and unresolved conflict give it a a die message. Mm. Yeah, there's two directions you can go, really, and it seems as though trusting in God Mm. imparts peace to our mind and our body and and spurs on that live message, while mistrust would probably do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. If I can, I'd just like to share a quote from yes. my favourite author, Ellen White. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah, if we can reflect on... Oh, I think he's uh, hit, that, hit the whole button on his phone, Dr. Justin Jackson. <laughs> Maybe we need to call him back. That's a, that's a classic mistake right there. You know, when, do you ever, Matthew, ever put your cheek up against the phone and ho- accidentally hold someone? A cheek call. A cheek call. Uh, <laughs> leg call. Have you got it in your pocket? Oh, that's it's, tough. No, no, it, it was good. Oh, sorry, sorry um, Lawson. Yeah, I don't know what happened to the phone there. Yeah, uh, I think it was, I think you might have like holded us with your cheek or something. The, you know, these smartphones with touchscreens, classic blunder. But you were getting into a quote from Ellen White. Yeah, thank you. It says, Our Father has a thousand ways to provide for us of which we know nothing. Wow. His power is absolute, and it is the pledge of sure fulfillment of his promise to all who trust in him. He has means for the removal of every difficulty. His love is far above all other love as the heavens are far above the earth. He watches over his children with a love that is measureless and everlasting. In the darkest days, when appearances seem most forbidden, have faith in God. Yeah, wow, that is amazing. That's really beautiful, and it reminds me if I can match you with a Bible quote here. You know, I, oh yes, I, my mind goes to like Isaiah twenty six three. You know, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. It's it's beautiful that we can have that trust in God, and He will actually provide us peace and comfort through this world of turmoil. Yes, absolutely beautiful promise, and the Bible's full of those promises, isn't it? 
to keep in the forefront of our minds. Absolutely. Hey, Justin Jackson, thank you for joining us, Doctor, on our breakfast show this morning and giving us this reminder to turn to God and to trust in Him. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.